from their studio in the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's the Boomer and the Babe Show with Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Join Pete and Deborah and their guests as they give voice to 78 million baby boomers from coast to coast and border to border. Now here are the Boomer and the Babe, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. And yes, this is the Boomer and the Babe Show. It is Thursday, February 7th, 2013. It's 11 o'clock here in Arizona, in beautiful sunny Arizona. It's uh, 10 o'clock on the East Coast and 11 o'clock, I'm sorry, 11 o'clock on the East Coast, 10 o'clock on the West Coast. And I think the people on the East Coast are just finishing up their three martini lunch. Uh, at any rate, uh, we hope they're having a great time doing it. And uh, we're going to be having ours as soon as we're off the show. Not three martinis, but just some lunch. This is the Boomer and the Vape Show, as I mentioned. I'm Pete Peters. I'm Deborah Brown, and I'm not drinking a martini at this time. And hour. notice the voice, Deborah Brown. She's actually here. This is amazing. This is a day that we have to write on the calendar, circle it, star it. Deborah's back. Uh, and it took a very special guest to get Deborah out here today and talk to us and to talk to our guest. And that guest is Janet Powers, founder of Women's Toolbox. Women's Toolbox is founded in 2008 and was named by More.com as one of the best websites for women entrepreneurs. Women'sToolbox.com is a premier destination for women in business to learn, grow, and succeed. Its tagline, which is Practical Advice for Busy Business Women, illustrates its mission to empower, educate, and entertain women. Janet Powers knows what it means to be a social business to be social business savvy and teaches others to do the same for business success. Welcome to the show, Janet Powers. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's a very exciting day, and Pete's right. It, uh, it takes special people to get me out and, um, and, and on the line, so to speak, and I'm very glad to have you here with me today. Now, I know for a fact that you're a connector. I know for a fact because you've connected me to some wonderful people. But before we get into that as one of your specialties, and I know you have many specialties, um, I would like to ask you for what I call your two-minute movie, and that is your life as far back as you'd like to go, as much detail as you would like to give me for two minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's actually easier than um, than it used to be because now I'm comfortable saying kind of where we came from. The Women's Toolbox is actually an example of my whole life. I was brought up in Boston, surrounded by family and friends, uh, my joke is my three best girlfriends from high school are still my three best girlfriends today and live within 30 miles of me. My entire family, cousins and all, except for one sister, lives within 30 miles of me. My joke is I can be at the kitchen table of anyone who would give me a hug or a slap in the head, depending on what I needed that day. <laughs> and when I went into corporate America, I realized that I was a little bit of a freak. Not many people had that kind of support system around them like I did. And in fact, not only did the women not have it, they longed for it. They longed for a community where they could sit at a kitchen table. And when I left corporate America to start my own business, it was with a vision to create an online virtual kitchen table that every businesswoman in this world had someone to talk to, had someone to share with, to know that they had value, and to make another woman's journey easier. Modeled after my whole life. And frankly, if anybody had told me five years ago we'd be where we were today, I would have thought they were crazy. It started as a hobby, and it's now become a business. Wow. I love so much of what you just said. First of all, the support system. I know that my life, having traveled so many places, my father was in the service, and I went to... 10 elementary schools, for goodness sakes. I lived in five different countries. I don't have what you have. I don't know where any of my friends are from high school. I Well, some of my high school, yes, but not, not any of the other grades of my, uh, of my whole school life. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, I went to the University of Hawaii, so I don't know where any of those people are. You know, that's just amazing that you have that kind of support system. I also love the online virtual kitchen table, and I know exactly what you mean by that. I often refer to my kitchen cabinet as the people that I trust like an advisory board, sort of like the um, the president's cabinet, you know, only it's my kitchen cabinet. And mm-hmm. it's the people that I would call on and say, does this idea sound like a good idea to you? Because, you know, I'm thinking about it and, and actually run some things. So 
I love that you've put this together because of how your life has held up so well, frankly, with your support system and how you want others to know that they can create that for themselves with your virtual opportunity. So that's working well now for the last, what, five years? Yes. Five years, yeah. Five years, yep. yep. I think and it is more needed now than it ever was, frankly, because it's become such an online world and people have become, you know, moved away from their families. And, you know, it's been a tough couple of years for people. And this has enabled them to have the support system around them that they may not have next door. Well, it's true. And there are so many ways to interact with people in real time. For example, all the technology that we have, be it Spreecast, which is something you can actually watch a person on on video within Facebook and <clears throat> actually comment on their uh, on their feed and so forth in um, in Ustream and all these wonderful technology things, including how we're on the phone today. You know, having a radio show created where you're in Boston and I'm in uh, in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. It's just it's great, and we can play with each other. And right, it's it's wonderful. Right, because this virtual world has enabled us to make a bigger backyard. Exactly. Exactly. Now, you know, I'm hearing feedback on the line uh, myself. Are you hearing me twice? Nope. Okay, well, I'm going to ignore it. If you're not hearing it twice, hopefully I can um, not worry about it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Very weird. Um, Okay, so the next question I have is, what exactly is the Women's Toolbox? You've said it's a virtual kitchen table that's the idea that it started, but I'm sure it's so much more than that. Well, I know it is. So please tell us, what is it now? Sure. What started out as an article sharing site for women in business to promote their business and share their message with the masses? Because five years ago, WordPress wasn't what it is today, and they didn't have the technology or the background that I had in order to build a system where they could blog, which is what we call it now, or share articles. And what we've evolved in all over time, because now everybody can have a blog, an eight-year-old could set up a blog, um, we evolved into helping them get published on major media to, again, promote their business to more people than they can reach on their own. Many of the major media sites um, look for user-generated content. So we became the experts in that and taught many small businesses how to do that. And now what we've really become is a connection and a promotion platform for women in business in a very different way than other businesses have done this. Sure, you could belong to a chamber of commerce or some other association or group, but this is very specifically put together where women in business can do business with each other as well as companies that have products and services can do business with women on the site. And so what we help women do is take their message, take their business product and services, and connect them to their ideal client, which is very different than, let's say, being on Facebook where you're just talking to a lot of people. And most people, when you look at their list of friends and followers, they have no idea who they are. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is establishing a platform where I can personally connect these people. Um, I do it all the time. Um, at our last annual conference, there were you know, 100 or so women in the in the room And I connected every single one of them. More than 70% of the women who come to our conferences make money and do business together. That's phenomenal. It absolutely is. It is networking at its finest. Even virtually or in person, networking at its finest is when you build that trust and and respect for each other. And then you also know how to promote and support that other person you know the lingo that they need you to use in order to say, use this person's services, I trust them, I use them myself. And you have to be able to, um, I would say, promote yourself first, right? So you have to teach women how to better promote themselves, and I know that your site does that as well. Are you still with me? Hello? Are you, can you hear me now? I do. 
Oh, that's weird. I, I don't know what's that, going on. I can hear you fine. <laughs> <laughs> that was very odd. You were gone. I'm thinking, okay. oh, did we lose you? Okay, so no, I was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so I had. So what? Go ahead. I I heard you. So what? What? How I would answer that question is, as we have evolved, what I've learned is two things. One, women are horrible at charging for their services. I had to go get coaching help to fix that because I didn't want to charge anyone. And one of the reasons why beyond the mindset with money and all of that that people need to figure out on their own, I've had, you know, I've gone to a coach named Maureen Campiola to get that kind of help. But there's also a notion of friends and followers. When you say to a woman um, you're her friend, she's not going to charge you. It's just how we were raised. It's how we're nurtured. We want to help people. And so I, I really don't like business being done and calling everyone your friend. We're not each other's friends. And frankly, you don't have to be someone's friend to do business with them. You don't have to buy from your friends or people who are your friends. People walk around and say it's no like and trust. I have no idea who owns coach bags. I have no idea who they are. No idea. I love them. I buy from them. I don't know them. Mm-hmm. And when you say no like and trust to a woman, you're talking about her friend. Now, you can't hate a company. But let's face it, we all know a lot of cable companies that we hate and we still buy from them because they have the best price. It's business versus personal. Now, women make decisions based on personal connections, referrals, and recommendations. And I think the power is the referral system where if I said to you, I'm going to buy a widget, now, we know each other, so let's pretend we just met. And if I said to you, I'm going to buy a widget, and you said, oh, don't buy that widget. I know someone who bought that widget, and this is what happened. I'm never going to buy that widget. That's the more powerful connection, and that's what we do on the Women's Toolbox. I get to know each and every one of our members, and I can easily say to another member, listen, you need different kinds of marketing, and you should call Deb Brown because this is what she does, and that's how it can help you. You need the whole sentence. You need the whole context. And nobody else does that. Right. And I think that's what I was saying about I need to tell you as my connector in charge, (laughs) my connector in chief, (laughs) you're my connector in chief, my CIC, um, I need to tell you what to say, you know, so that you know how to best serve me. And I need to take ownership of that part. In other words, I need to say, Janet, this is how you need to tell people what I do, you, I know you like what I'm doing, and I know you believe what you know what I'm doing. You believe in me, but this is this is exactly what I'm doing. And I don't know that we all get really good at that without practice. Mhm. Mhm. I agree. I absolutely agree. Uh, Jan, and I, I was listening to that part of the conversation, and, and I was wondering how does this compare with networking groups that many of us go to on a weekly basis. Uh, some of these some of these people are are just not uh doing the connecting the way you seem to be doing it. They listen and that's about as far as it goes and they don't do anything with it. Right. You know, I I'm glad you actually brought that up because um uh, I very rarely go to in-person networking groups anymore unless my friends are there, frankly just to hang out. Because I find two things wrong with them. It's usually very clicky and there's not a whole lot of business being done there because we've all been kind of shushed about doing business, particularly when you're with women, we're not that comfortable coming out and saying, the next hour is about doing business, and I'm going to tell you what I sell, and I'm going to tell you why I sell it, and I'm going to tell you how it can help you, what the benefits are. We're not, that's not how we communicate. It's not how we engage. Yet um, the in-person networking groups, it tends to be the same people over and over again. And in this economy, you can't rely on the same 100 people you knew before to continue to buy from you or to refer you. You need to widen that net, and you need to widen that net with the best readers. I always say it's not about the most eyeballs. It's about the best readers or the best listeners because well, not I, everyone's going to buy your product or service. Well, I found also in these in many of these in-person networking groups that all the people that are there are there for one or two reasons. One is to have a nice cup of coffee with friends in the morning, uh, the other one is to catch up on the chit-chat and what's going on uh, with their personal lives. Uh, 
And the third yep. one is to try to sell something. But nobody there, I shouldn't say nobody, that's, that's, that's an exaggeration. But many of the people there are not in a position to make the decision to buy. They're all selling. And they're all trying to sell whatever it is to people that can't buy it anyhow because mm-hmm. they, don't have, they don't have the position and the authority to write the check. Yep. yep. And so it's but, a waste of time. It is. And the other thing that I always say is people end up net sitting and net eating and not net working. So, ah, that's a great way. That's a very good way of putting it. Yep. It is. Thank you. Um, because you do. You sit with your friends and you don't really want to break out of your comfort zone, so you just stop. You know. Now, what I will say as a tip for anybody that needs a tip for not doing that and you just really – want to meet one more great person and you think oh, just you know my, I used to say my bucket of nice is empty I can't talk to another person and have a smile on my face but I will make myself and I will go up to my 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 uh, next person and I will literally thrust my hand into his or her hand and I will say I was just getting ready to leave but I decided I needed to meet one more great person and I picked you hmm, that's a good one that's and a good one. they always love that i've never had anybody you know turn away of course and and that strikes up a wonderful conversation and i then usually add and my bucket of nice was just about empty and i realized i had just enough for you and they laugh and and then we go on from there but it's a nice way to make myself stay in the conversation yeah stay stay in the game yeah stay in the game so really staying in the game um online is just as important right so let's talk about blogging now, you said yep. that as a way to stay in the game or really get good at the game. Don't you think it's more about getting good at the game now? Um, yeah, I think it's um, a little bit of both, actually. I think that people don't understand how to do it well. Mm-hmm. And those who do do it well, I think are doing it in the wrong spot. I don't think they're doing it in the right place. Um, if it's okay, I want to go back to that other conversation real quickly just because I have one more tip for people who do do networking and not sure how to... You know, specifically people who are not comfortable being in large groups on their own. Absolutely. Here's my little networking. Here's my little networking tip. I'm a very outgoing person. I I'll talk to anyone. I don't even care if you're listening to me. I'll talk to you. And but going into networking meetings when I started my own business was somehow overwhelming to me. You know, there were 500 people in the room and I didn't know know any of them. And so what I would do is when before I went to the door, I would think I'm going to speak to the first person I see who has a red bag. Uh, the first person I see who has a blue blazer on. And it took away the overwhelm of all of those people and let me focus on the person. It didn't matter what they did. I was just trying to break the ice. And that's how I got into those meetings and really made myself more comfortable. So this is my right. networking tip. Right. When it comes to blogging, um, you know, like I said, today anybody can have a blog. It's not extraordinary anymore. And five years ago it was. When somebody could communicate online to a large group of people, it was extraordinary. You needed either money or technology knowledge that, a technical knowledge that would allow you to do that. Today, an eight-year-old could have a blog. So now you're competing amongst millions and millions and millions of people for the world's attention. And again, going back to my comment about the best eyeballs versus, I mean, it's not about the most eyeballs, it's about the best readers. What I believe women in business, frankly, every business should be doing, who's blogging, is you should leverage user-generated content that the major media is looking for and blog on their sites and just put a link on your site back to the major media site. You don't have the search engine optimization of a major media site and you don't have the millions of readers that they do. So instead of trying to drag people to your websites kicking and screaming, Go onto the major media site that has your target market. Write your blog there, and then link on your link them back to your site with some kind of call to action at the end of the article. Now, depending on the site, it depends on the rules. We have a whole tutorial if you, anybody's interested in that. But say, for example, you wrote an article on Ladies Home Journal Divine Caroline, and it was about nutrition. And it was the top 10 things that every woman over 50 should be doing to be sure she's eating the right foods. I'm making something up. Mm -hmm. In your article, write the top nine. And at the end, the call to action should be, and the 10th, to find out the 10th thing that you should know, click here. And bring them back to your website on a very specific page in your website with that 10th item. 
as well as some kind of offer to download a free book or something like that, that will allow you to get their name. And now they're in your pipeline. Because not only did they read your article on major media, they came to your site and they downloaded your report. Guess what? That that lead has now just become more and more qualified. Right, because they're, they've raised their hand and they've said, I'm interested. Yes. Now, the other thing that's interesting is that, um, you know, when we were talking about being afraid in a group of 500, or, or not afraid, but feeling a little bit uncomfortable the first time and so forth, I would imagine, because I feel this way, that others might say, gosh, you know what, that's scary to go on a major like CNN or more.com or any of the, you know, Huffington Post or whatever, and go ahead and put myself out there. How how valid is my concern that what I have to say might not be interesting or what is it? Is it is it me or is it just, you know, <laughs> is it that I just haven't done it? Well, I, I guess there's two things I would answer that. Um, I think everyone, every business owner, man or woman, has that same kind of fear when they start mm-hmm. that, you know, is this, is anyone going to care what I have to say? You know, I often say that if you were, this is why I have concerns about email marketing and spending so much time on that, that if you were sitting at the kitchen table with 10 people, we have a big family, um, and eight of them weren't listening, would you keep talking? Probably not. And so if you're in business because you are the expert, whether you are selling widgets or selling services, you're in business because you're good at what you do. So you come to the table with a certain level of credibility. And by being published on major media, you expand that credibility to your audience who knows you and who doesn't know you. So I don't think you should be afraid. If you're in business and you don't think you can deliver what you're selling, that's a bigger problem than blogging on major media. (laughs) But if you're in business and you believe in what you're selling and you believe that you are the expert and the one who can help your clients who need that service the best, and the only thing is that if technology's not hard, change is hard. That's the problem. Right. But don't be nervous about submitting an article. And, you know, the worst thing that happens is they say no. And I have a brother-in-law who said to me years ago, and I live by it every day, if you don't ask the question, the answer is, the answer is already no. So you're starting out at no before you even submit anything. The worst thing that could happen, it could stay no. The best thing that could happen, it could say yes, and now all of a sudden you have instant credibility and access to millions of people you didn't have before. Well, oh, Pete, Pete I think, has uh, something. Yeah, uh, Janet, when, when, you, when you said that you, uh, you, you blog on, on the major media, they uh, take your 10 points, uh, they come to your site to get the 10th one, and then you have uh, a free download there, or whatever the case might be, uh, and they have to, obviously, they're going to have to give you their information to be able to, to uh, obtain that. Now, my question is, what do you do with that information once you have it? Once you have their name and their address and email address and so on and so forth, and uh, what do you consider them to be to you, and what do you do with it? Well, I think I have... Um I don't want to say it depends because I hate when someone says that, but it depends on what they signed up for. So if somebody downloaded a free book, um, I may send them an article or a follow-up question is what I would send them to that book. Did you read page eight of the book, you know, or page two, paragraph three of the book about, like I almost would put a loaded question in there that if they haven't read it, they would go ask it. And depending on what business you have, you can ask the question in a way. um, I had a coach, um, the same coach, Maureen Campiola, who taught me, ask a question that's going to identify if they have a problem. So, for example, if you are a nutrition coach and somebody came and downloaded your top ten things you should eat, and on page three of the top ten things that you should eat, it said, um, but if you love chocolate, if you do these three things, chocolate can be your friend. I'm I'm making stories up here, right? Mm -hmm. By following up with something that's pertinent in the book that they just downloaded, 
if they haven't actually read it, which most people don't, they go and download this stuff and they don't read it. We all do it. We're busy. You immediately get their attention again because now they're going to be curious to know what was on page three that you're asking the question about. You just got them to open up your pamphlet again. So that's the first thing I would do is a follow-up with some question that encourages them, almost the curiosity will kill them if they don't do it, go look at that book again. If it's a shorter book that's, you know, a one-pager, like you just directed them to a new article or something like that, what I would do is ask for a comment. Engage them in a conversation. So you can do this in autoresponders. My personal belief, you know, I've used also, I think those autoresponders are so obvious and they make me sick. I don't use them. Because the minute the autoresponders all start, I just ignore them. I literally, if I'm, I may use an email marketing tool only to manage my email, but every single email that goes out is personalized with somebody's name now and something specific about their business. And it's because I, I want them to know I value who they are and I want them to know they're not just someone on my list, it's someone I care about. So there's no more emails that are just to the world. Now I actually send out personal emails to every, and I have 10,000 people on my list. Wow. Now, is that a logistical nightmare for you, or do you have people that are actually helping you with that process? I do have people that help me, but actually a lot of it I do myself, and I do myself because I don't always send out to all 10,000 people because all 10,000 people don't need the same thing. Right. And so, you know, for example, right now there are probably about 100 clients that I know need help with connecting with new clients. And so I'm in the process of writing an email to them that'll say, you know, dear Deborah, listen, I want to connect you to women in business who could have value being on your radio show to expand their audience. It would be something very specific about that as opposed to um, come be a member because it's Tuesday. I don't want to be lazy about my marketing. I think a lot of people who have been taught for years all of the kind of tricks and tools and sales pages, I think people have to stop being lazy. And although we're in an electronic virtual world and things happen very fast, I think we've lost our ability to really connect with people, and I think that's sad. I think people well, I, want to have a connection. Well, I think the electronic world aspect of the thing just makes it quicker and, and easier to get to them. It doesn't. It doesn't change the message. No, but a lot of people have um, let their guard down and become lazy in their communication. Mm-hmm. That they're just sending it out to the whole world and they're not directing it to a person for what they really need. It's just, you know, again, the big net theory. And I just well, think the big net theory is not going to work for much longer. I think you're right. And I like the idea of segmenting the list by asking those questions that kind of um, let you know what people are looking for so you can really be in service to your right. people rather than, like you're saying, this blanket, um, I'm going to make everybody, you know, I'm going to spoon feed my stuff to every single person I meet one way or the other. And they mm-hmm. don't want it. They don't want it, need it, care about it or whatever. And maybe what you really have that they do want, you never even put out there because you don't know they want it or need it. Exactly. Does that make sense? It's like a, It's like a little bit of detective work that has to be done too. Right. Well, you know, and I think the detective work is, um, I mean, I'm, I do it all the time for my own business. So it's not, I'm not telling people that I don't practice in my own business all the time. I ask people, more often than not, what do I sell? Particularly, you know, I have a couple hundred people who just believe in me. I always deliver for them. They always make money when they participate in something. And I, I went back to them this past week and say, what do I sell? What do I sell? And I asked them. So that's where um, um, it, it's important. Well, you really get your community's work, right. input. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the detective work of saying, what do I sell? And if they come back and they say widgets, and you've never sold a widget in your life, you don't even know what the heck they're talking about, then clearly the communication <laughs> in um, in your marketing is fried. Yep. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to um, another thing about this uh, this blogging on the major media sites. 
um, you really have to be ready for company when they get back to your site from the link. In other words, you can't just stop at a free report or a free book. You've got to have this plan, you know, the follow-up questions and the things that you were just talking about. But you also have to have your own product mix ready so that when they get into what we call your funnel, as you very well know, um, there's a there's a way for them to keep going with you, to go deeper, to get more from you, right? And a lot of people have not done that. I think that's true whether the blog is a major media or on their own site. Right. Exactly. Um, I think that's that's the bigger problem. And I think what most people need to do is not necessarily, again, I, I, I just am going after the world at this point, or looking at the world in a very different lens than most people have. Um, yes, you have to build for scale and all of that. But my theory is, why wouldn't you give the same level of service and put the same systems in place that you would for 10 customers, that you would for 100. Because then you're not scurrying around to build the scale. Establish them whether you have 10 clients now and I hope someday be 100. There's a great book called The Pumpkin Plan by Mike McCallowitz that really teaches you how to do that. And it's something that I implement in my business all the time. So those systems that people have to have in place, they should have them in place right now, even before they have 100. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, my, my flip side of that don't wait. You know, nothing's ever going to be perfect. You're not going to have all the systems. You're not going to know all the answers. I think too many people get caught up in kind of analysis paralysis. I mean, this happened in corporate America, too. People can overanalyze, overprocess, overstep. Just get going. Get out there and make some money and do some business. There's plenty of time to cross these dot eyes. I'm not saying you go out with a half-baked product or service. But don't be afraid of the change. Just move. Keep taking a step forward. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's a math thing that you were just bringing up, you know, 10 people versus thousands. That first 10 people, if they become your brand champion, you know, they really champion your brand and and know that anytime somebody out in their own sphere of influence makes a comment that seems like, oh, my God, that's, that's something Janet can help with, then... Those people are your, that's your tribe that's going out and, you know, spreading the word about you. And then they spread it to 10 people, and then they each of those people spread it to 10 people, and that is 1,000, 10 by 10 by 10. The Fabergé commercial, I talk about it all the time in all my videos. That's exactly what it is. Yep. And they told and, two people, and they told two people. And, and those, those processes or systems you have in place for those first 10 will scale. They will absolutely scale. You just have to be... You just can't be afraid of of taking the step because otherwise people keep building and building and building. Just do it. That's right. Well, I have have one client that is just determined that if she can't get thousands and thousands of people in her database, that there's some kind of failure happening, right? And what I've said is, why would we need 100,000 when if we could just get 1,000 who believe in you and will spread the word to three of their friends, that's 3,000 right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so I so I think we're saying the same thing in various ways. Um, let's go back to the best place to blog. Um, you know, do you have a favorite among the places that you hope that people will learn to blog on on the big sites and then call to action to bring them back to yours? No, not really a favorite because it, it really the whole key to blogging on major media is to blog which on the site that has your target market. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so it would depend on the business, would depend on the target market. So you can't even say, you know, this health ag- magazine or this fashion magazine or this women's magazine or this business magazine. It really depends on who is your target market. And, of course, many times people need help figuring out who their real target market is. Who is their target market? And so if they don't really know who it is, go look at the last 20 people that bought something from you and then go ask them if they were happy with your product or service. You're starting to build your target market. And then you have to go out to those magazines and do the research to find out who is the target market that reads that magazine online or in print and work from there. So I hesitate to say any one of my favorite. There are different ones um, that have different rules. And, I mean, that's what we try to help people with. We put together a whole series of videos where they can 
look through and, and kind of skip over kind of the learning curve that we had to go through in learning which sites allow you to do what. Right. Well, I think that was the other thing that I was kind of getting at in that fear element is is making a mistake, getting banned, you know, getting um, com- bad comments from the community because really you're in a community, right, when you do that. You're in a – you can't just, um, I would imagine, jump in and mm-hmm. – and try to be the the top dog in there if you know the first time in right i mean don't you kind of have to follow the etiquette and um the the mores no. of the group no that's you can't cool. be obnoxious you can't be obnoxious right but my my positioning on this is is two things first of all um when people talk about um bad things people being worried about people saying bad things about you Get over it. You're in business. People are going to say bad things about you. Get over it. Not everyone's going to like you. So just move on. I used to be devastated every time somebody unsubscribed to my newsletter. This, you know, I had done something horrible to them, and finally I was like, "Oh, get over it." You know, move on, people. Oh God, um, I, I obsess about that for about five days. You know, it's like, "Oh my God, I can't believe they did that." Yeah. Yeah. And if God forbid, and Janet, and Janet, what yeah. she says is, and they're a friend too. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. My whole point. And it took yeah. me a long time to get over it. And I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, it's not like I'm completely over, and I still struggle a little bit with it because, you, you, so I am I'm a woman. I take these things personally. You know, that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. But that being said, what really. Um, People have to think about if you're not going out with any kind of marketing, I don't care if you're putting a billboard in Times Square, a blog on your site that only 10 people come to every month, or on Huffington Post where nine-tenths of the world goes every day, you're exposed to people who are either grumpy, are jealous of your success, have no idea what you're talking about, just need some place to rant about something, or people who don't agree with you. And that's just life. That's business. And that really doesn't matter whether that's a live networking event, a mailing you do, a direct mail you do. What has changed is it has become an online world. And much like our access to the news and what happens globally now, people also have access to say good things and bad things. And so I look at, you know, my cup is always half full. Instead of focusing on the, the 1% who might be grumpy and say something, instead I focus on the people who say good things. That's just my philosophy because otherwise I'd be, you know, in a puddle every day. Right. I think that's a great way to just, uh, you know, kind of gird your gird your loins and move forward. <laughs> I don't know if we yeah. gird their loins, but we can gird our loins yeah. if we want to. All uh, right. So my next question is, what would be the top three things that a small business should include in their blog? And I'm assuming when when I ask that question, I'm I am, I'm actually talking about the blog that goes on major media sites yes. Um, yes. because you said that you just put a link back on your yes. own site. Right. So, so what the should be there? Every person should say in there and every single thing they write, every bloody thing that they write, and people don't do it. The first thing is at the beginning of the blog, tell the person what problem you are solving right from the get-go. You only have on any website, on any article, seconds to grab someone's attention. People are inundated with data all day long in all different types and forms. So for the love of money, please, in the first 20 words, tell them what problem you're solving. And remember, the problem you're solving, make sure it's a problem that your customer has, not one you think they have or should solve. So what you should be putting in this blog are things that people want. People don't buy what they need. They buy what they want. If we want, if we only bought what we needed, we'd all eat ramen noodles. Mm-hmm. Instead, we're at Whole Foods. People buy what they want. So you have to identify the problem in the first 20 words. You have to tell them why they want to sell, I mean, why they want to solve the problem in the first paragraph. You don't want to tell them how to solve the problem. What you want to do is tell them why they need to solve solve the problem. You don't need to tell them you're an expert. If you're being published on, um, I don't know, Ladies Home Journal for something like that, 
Well, guess what? They already think you're in it. If Ladies Home Journal already checked this thing off and put it on their magazine, you'll have some credibility. Expert status is someone who has knowledge and experience in a topic. People have more and less. That doesn't mean that they're not an expert. Okay? There's different mm-hmm. levels of expertise. So at the, the beginning, identify the problem quickly. Very soon after that, tell them why they have to solve the problem. And at the end, a call to action. I read blogs and articles all day long, and it just ends. Period. Done. You don't. You need to do something to make them. You know what did they used to call it? The carrot. Mm-hmm. Get them to do something. So even if you put the top ten things that you should eat to have good nutrition, the last line should say. And if you want to know five things you should do to have, you know, wonderful meals. Click here. Well, you know, this is great. Uh, this makes perfect sense to me because you're right. A person will decide in that first 20 words if they're going to keep reading. Yeah. It's seconds now. Mm-hmm. There's so much data out there. It, it used to be about 12 seconds on a website. You know, it's much like the people who have websites and all over the front page it tells you um, why they're an expert and this and that. Nobody cares. They assume you know what you're doing. You're in business. Mm-hmm. They want to know well, if you can solve their problem. Janet, isn't it kind of like when you're when you're on uh, you've Googled something and then uh, there's always a reference to well if you like if you read this then you might like this, yeah. uh, and it's the same thing on Facebook. Uh, they can they can tell on Facebook obviously what your interests are by uh, any number any number of, uh, of things that they use as far as their 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 techniques and so on and so forth but beyond that if you like this you're interested in this and and that's really what you ought to try to do in your in your blog also if you like this if you're worried about nutrition then you got to find out what nutrition can do to your nails so this is where you go here exactly right and if you think about um um all of those people um, and because I, I may be a little stronger in my tone than most um good better and different i am I'm not afraid to promote my expertise, and I'm not afraid to share with the world exactly what I do and what I do well. There are lots of things I do very well, and I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. So if you and I were going to write an article, if you or I were going to write an article about what women in business need, um, we would probably say something different. Um based on what our call to action might be at the end, right? So we can both write that article today and put it up on the same service, and each of us have success because we will be serving what we think their problem is and what problem we're solving. Does that make sense? You and I could both go to the same um, uh, website and submit a blog post and solve a problem and get people to say, oh, my gosh, you know, I just I just found Janet Powers and I just found Deborah Brown today. They solved my problem. Yep. And, 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 it was a, and it was the same problem we were solving. It could be. Right. Because it depending could be because, on yeah. where the person is in their business, where the person is in their um, marketing cycle, mm-hmm. where the per- I mean, it, there's so many depends, and frankly, not everyone is going to connect with everyone. The people that would like to work with me versus the people who would like to work with Deborah, it's not that one is better or worse. We're just different. We That's have different right. approaches. We both help women promote their business. And I think the key here is, you know, much like Deborah and I do all the time, is it's not competition. There's plenty for all of us. There's lots, there's billions and billions of dollars of commerce being done every single day. Deb and I are perfectly happy with just a piece of that. And well, not only not only think. are we perfectly happy with a piece of it, but here's what's good is that you are a connector. There's no question about it. I consider myself a maven, which is if you've ever read um, the Tipping Point, there's there's connectors and mavens and two other categories of people, and and we need all of those represented in our own personal and professional networks so that we can 
get ahead and have our goals met and, you know, have our dreams come true and all that stuff because we can't do it alone. Do you agree with that? And we shouldn't even be trying because if we're trying, we're just beating ourselves down. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that finding a network like the Women's Toolbox um, and then, you know, learning how to use it to its best advantage. And I, I think I said something to you yesterday when we were talking on the phone that I thought was kind of cogent, and that is um, what you're doing kind of reminds me of LinkedIn in a better box, mm-hmm. you know, in a better um, container for women, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's exactly what I want. It's the people who are going to be my people. I can I can I can containerize my peeps in your platform. Does yep. that make sense? It makes perfect sense. In fact, I, I used that example as I was working with somebody earlier today, the one you had given me yesterday about kind of the LinkedIn. Um, and then it's so true that, and but the difference is, is LinkedIn prohibits you from connecting with your connections network, whereas what we're doing is making it available to you. Because I think. In the whole, we have much more power than we do have in smaller groups. That's right. That's right. And I love the um, the whole idea of the of the work with your group of people to serve and be served, so that you can then scale that rather than going after. Oh, I've got seventy two thousand billion people in my LinkedIn. You know, whatever, whatever. Well, so does everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> So what's that good? How's that working for you? You know, and if you're seriously. still marketing to the same people and not buying from you, guess what? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So what? What would you say? Um, c- can people get into Women's Toolbox? Um, it's womenstoolbox.com. Mm-hmm. Um, what What are your parameters? What does a person have to do? If they go to the homepage of the Women's Toolbox. They'll see an article right at the top, on the top left-hand side, that talks about how to um, uh, build a social audience. Um, There's quite a bit of uh, material for them to use. Or what we call is um, maximize the trifecta of small business, which in in my, again, my crazy brain or the way I look at things, there are three things you need to do constantly and consistently in order to build a, a, a solid business. And that's fill your sales pipeline with new leads all the time, consistently market your business, and invest in the right solutions wisely. And so if they go to that article, they'll be able to figure out how to join, and it'll give you kind of a uh, breakdown of the services we offer. Or feel free to email me at ceo at womenstoolbox.com, or you can call my office. Actually, I'll give you my direct phone number. It's 781 781- Nine nine five three seven seven two. That's seven eight one nine nine five three seven seven two. And I'll tell you, just my little pet peeve in this world. There are so many businesses. You go to their website and you couldn't find a phone number to call on their website to save your soul. Are you kidding me, people? You're in business. Yeah. Give out your phone number. Make exactly. it easy for people to do business with you. Or exactly. all they have is a form, not an email address. Come on. Even business. Why small business act like this? You know, go look at Procter and Gamble. Go look at Macy's. Go look at some of these bigger chain stores. They have a phone number. They have an email. Make it easy for people to do business with you. Not prohibitive. Exactly. Exactly. Well, do you have anything else that you think that we should let people know about being social savvy? Social, you know, that that whole being social social business savvy. Um, yep. I mean, it's just so important to figure out how do I take my my profiles and my connections and all that stuff and make them work for me, serve and be served by those assets. Yep. And, I think and the I, most important thing, to be honest with you, is to, when I call it social business savvy, is connect with the right people and don't be afraid to do something out of the ordinary. Don't be afraid of change. And social business savvy is not the same thing as Facebook. Somebody remember, please, that Facebook was created by college kids to find dates. It wasn't meant for business. Now, I love Facebook. I have a ball out there. I've met more fabulous people out there. I truly, but it's fun 
not really the place you should be doing business. You can well, connect with people and do business someplace else, but come on, folks, let's do business. Well, I'm glad you're like, saying that because I hate Facebook. Uh, Pete, oh, loves, Pete loves Facebook. He's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of followers. I have 94 because I just won't play in it. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But right. I do know that for the business page, you know, it's kind of sad not to have more likes and things going on, but it's because I just have such an aversion to it. And I wonder if I sh- am I shooting myself in the foot because I'm not building the fan page for the business. I think Facebook is for fun. That doesn't mean it's a business. You're not promoting a, a, a brand and all of that. But people aren't doing business out on Facebook. They're not. I don't think they're connecting in a way that is truly building relationships that are going to grow their business. Uh-huh. They might be some, but I think most people are just trying to. It's like high school. Let me get the most votes. <laughs> well, do you, do you think, Janet, that Facebook uh, can be used as an awareness generation uh, generator? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And a little more than that, really. But I mean, you, you be that you, you put yourself there so that people will will know that you're there. Right. It's like a billboard. Yeah. I absolutely agree. It's a billboard. But are you really doing business business out there? The rules, frankly, if you're going to stay compliant, are prohibitive against using Facebook for business. And it can be very expensive. That if you put a post out there that has a promotion or something like that, and you don't pay to promote it, which, frankly, Facebook has every right to do. I have no issue with that. I pay my 7 bucks and move on. You know, they're in a business, too, to make money. Mm-hmm. And so what they're doing is perfectly fine. But I just think if every single time you had to post something for $7, you're going to go broke. True. That's very true. I think, it, I think Facebook is another replacement for the face-to-face networking. I think it's networking. I think it's fun. Well, let me ask you one one more question, and that is um, you are involved with one more way that you're connecting businesswomen that is new. Do you want to talk to us about that? Well, it's much like um, what I just talked about with Facebook. It's great. That's kind of lead generators, if you ask me, on Facebook. Um, It's the way women connect. But I really find that on Facebook, a lot of, not just Facebook, but on a lot of the social media sites, what I hear women saying that they're working, you know, 12, 15, 20 hours a day, that they can't get enough work done. When I say to them, how many hours did you spend on Facebook? And I say Facebook because that's the one I frankly like the best. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, no, 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 I'm doing business out there. Show me. Because if if you worked for me when I worked in corporate America, and I saw that you spent four hours on social media and you weren't making money, I would fire you. It's as simple as that. And so for all small business owners and solopreneurs, I want you to evaluate your performance. Are you the best employee in your business? Would, If you were your manager, would you give yourself a raise or would you fire you? Mm-hmm. And if you're out there on social media talking about, you know, turkey fries and you know, food and laundry, you're not doing business. And that's where I think the time just runs away from us. It's happened to me. I mean, I'm talking about something that I know personally. Uh, There are some times I could go out there just because, and I think Facebook is, is a new water cooler from the days when we were in offices. The problem is, is you wouldn't stay at the water cooler for four minutes. hours. <laughs> exactly. And so my theory is I've created the first social business site for women in business where the whole site is designed for me to help you connect with your ideal client and for you to expand your own horizons by leveraging everyone else's network, starting with my own. And we're going to exponentially have all first-level connections, you know, going back to the LinkedIn model, Instead of just the connection, this is truly going to be able to do business. I'm going to help promote you. In fact, here's a little surprise going out for the first time. Starting on Monday, the home page of the Women's Toolbox website is going to be the promotion of all of the women who are part of our social business connection site. Instead of articles, it's going to be profiles of these women and the products and services that they sell. And we're going full boat into promoting these women. 
It's about social business. Not fun. Would well, you fire yourself or give yourself a raise? Right. Why don't you answer I, that question? Well, I'll tell you, I get that, and that's part of the reason I stay off Facebook, by the way, is because I am also an obsessive-compulsive person, and I would be one of those that couldn't get off it. <laughs> so I know myself very well. I also don't shop on QVC for the same reason. Um, <laughs> but I, I like that um, that social business platform you have because it's not just you know profiles and then finding people to put into my um, my first level connections and so forth. It's also a place to do e meetings and um, have things to be able to collaborate and share on projects and things like that. It's very, very um, progressive. Well, thank you. It really, it really is. Because one of the things that I know how to do is leverage technology to solve business problems. And that's what I made sure in creating this tool. It also, if anybody has any type of membership site or association site, the tool makes it so much easier. What I can teach people on leveraging technology on a big scale and then roll it out to solopreneurs and business owners so that they can leverage what they need. It's just making their life a little bit easier, and that's what every business should do. Make your client's life a little easier, that's a little right. better. Well, the other thing that's great about that that platform that you have is that it is IBM-based, and mm-hmm. IBM was just voted number one or one of the top ten of all of the um, technology businesses in the world. Mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. So people yeah. may think that IBM has kind of gone the way of um you know the the brother typewriter or the, or the you know the Selectrix typewriters and whatnot. It really hasn't. It's it's right nope. there. It's 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 top of top of the field, top of the uh top of the cloud, you know, using mm-hmm. all the cloud cloud computing and so forth. So right. it's it's um what you've got going there is top drawer. I mean well, top drawer. On average, my own personal experience, I have saved in the last month more than $4,000 in annual tool and technology costs that I was using for my business from this one tool that cost $167 a year. Wow. That's the significant difference. And that's because it's IBM. Right. Well, you just made me realize that I need to pay more attention to my own little spot on there because I would like to save $4,000 in some of my technology tools, too. <laughs> yeah. And, in fact, I've already connected you with, um, I on the community section, I put a uh, section there that says um, um, make a connection. And it's where all month long I just make connections between people. And I already made a connection to you to someone who I think should be on the show. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, I have to say, I'm glad that you have been on my show, our show. I say my show, our show. It was very, very fun and very informative. And I think that, um, frankly, people should listen to this one again. The gems that are in there, um, they can probably find the same information if they go to your website, though. Um, So give us that again and your phone number. And uh, then Pete can sign us out. But I think it's been great, Janet. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. I told you we'd run out of time. I love talking with you. (laughs) Um, The website is women's, W-O-M-E-N-S, toolbox, T-O-O-L-B-O-X dot com. My email is CEO at women's toolbox dot com, where you can call me directly if you have a question, 781-995-3772. Thank you very much, Deb. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And thank you, Janet, for being with us today. It's been a pleasure meeting you on the phone. And uh, all good information can be used by anybody in business, women or men. Uh, I enjoyed it. uh, And uh, I'm of the opposite sex, but it was good for me, too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. It was a pleasure to meet you. (laughs) Okay. Take care now. Bye-bye. And that's been Janet Powers with uh founder of the founder of women's toolbox dot com. Uh take a look at women's toolbox dot com for any of your business needs, marketing needs, she can help you. No doubt about it, she can help you. With that we'll say goodbye until uh, our next show. Hope you'll enjoy uh being back with us again. We have more great guests online. So we'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day everybody.
to the Hoop and Debate Show, where we bring interesting conversation to the world. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, where we tweet as Boomer and Babe, and on Facebook as Pete Peters 47. As always, you can friend us on Blog Talk Radio or sign up for our newsletter at boomerandthebabe.com. Email us at host at boomerandthebabe.com with any of your comments. Remember, at 50, you're just getting started. 